All right. This is Ian Trottier for Discussion of Truth. Uh, look, f- uh, phoning in Lee Dundas right now. Lee Dundas. Lee is a, an incredible lawyer based out of Southern California. Let's get the uh, current as what she's been doing. Lee, Ian Trottier here. I'm going to call you back. Looks like I got a fax line there. I get, oh, are we good? I can hear you. Yes, loud and clear. Great. Lee, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, my friend? Well, uh, doing well, uh, moving along. And it sounds like you, uh, look, for listeners, uh, you and I last connected uh, recently on an event in Phoenix, and then we had connected on an episode at Turning Point USA. But you, uh, Lee, fill listeners into as to what you have been up to lately. Uh, sounds like you've got some great news. Um, with uh, Rob Johnson. Uh, tell listeners about that. Uh, yeah, Senator Ron Johnson is just doing God's work. Uh, we reached out to him a couple of days ago, a few days ago, right over the weekend. And uh, what had happened is we were approached by some very high-ranking, high-level whistleblowers in the U.S. military, doctors, one and all, uh, in the military, who had stumbled upon some really just bombshell data about what was going on in the wake of the introduction and, and mandate, really, of the vaccine across the U.S. service members. So essentially what we were seeing is you know, they have access to a DOD database by which they track all incidents of disease and injury in the soldiers, you know, that comprise our, our armed forces. And those numbers stay pretty consistent. I was shocked when they showed us this data and exactly how consistent the, the data really is. So in the preceding years running up to the introduction of the vaccination year, which of course was 2021, in the, in the five years preceding that, you had all disease and injuries total very stably at 1.7 million each year. It didn't really move to 1.8 or 1.6, it just stayed at 1.7 million. And this is all disease, congenital deformity, uh, infertility, cancers, everything that you could think of really under the sun. And then in the first 10 months of 2021, that number went from a very stable five-year average of 1.7 million to nearly 22 million. It jumped 20 million in a mere 10 months. Um, and that represented about a, an 1,100% increase. In, in things like you know female infertility, they were averaging 2,200 cases a year, 2016, 2018, 2020. And then in the first 10 months of 2021, after that COVID vaccine hit the market in, in the military, we saw it jump to 10,000 from 2000. Again, at like an almost 400% increase. Even things that seemed really remote and random, like esophageal cancer, you don't really think of that as, oh, you know, I think the COVID vaccine is going to really cause that rate to, to skyrocket. But it did. You know, it went up uh, 436%. And the one that really is interesting for me is anxiety. Um, very stable, again, 37,000 cases of anxiety in the U.S. military across the board in the, in the preceding years. And then once that COVID vaccination started going into their bodies, that number jumped in the first 10 months of 2021 to almost a million, 931,000. And you might think to yourself, well, you know, anxiety is not really a, a make it or break it kind of kind of condition. Yeah, maybe for you and me it's not. But when you got your finger on the trigger and Osama bin Laden in your sights or you're flying a Top Gun type aviation, you know, plane, mm-hmm. um, you don't need to be 
chronically anxious, and that represented a, a t an almost 2,500% increase over the preceding five years. So long story short, what we're seeing in the U.S. military is the introduction of the vaccine caused a skyrocketing, orders of magnitude skyrocketing of every disease known to man that they know how to track with the exception of rotropical fevers. There is something drastically wrong with this vaccine, and I'm sure it's going on in the civilian population. But what's really scary is it's just eviscerating the ranks of our, our good men and women who have, you know, volunteered to defend our country during times of war. Right. This is this is incredibly concerning, especially with the escalated tension in, over Ukraine, of course, at the moment in Russia, uh, depending on I don't know what kind of vaccines they're getting in, in comparison to what our soldiers are getting. But uh, Lee, uh, this is uh, this is obviously not public data. It's it's or is it public data? How is it that you you've been privy to this information? Um, and, uh, and, and what is, uh, what is, uh, Ron Johnson saying, it, uh, uh, Rob Johnson saying about this? Well, Senator Johnson, so, so the way it works is you have high level people in all organizations and the laws are set up to allow whistleblowers as they're known, people who blow the whistle, who make data known that is otherwise trying to you know be covered up by somebody in an institution or the institution itself the law allows whistleblowers to come forward it protects them basically immunizes them and says you're not going to be allowed to be penalized by anyone including your employer or the entity that you're you know that you're encapsulated in because you had the guts to do the right thing and come forward and say whatever ddt is cancerous and they know it or ford pintos are bad and they they've got real exploding engines or in this case hey the military mandated the vaccine and look what it's doing to our men and women in the military in the first 10 months after the introduction of that vaccine so that's how whistleblower immunity works we were approached by these doctors who who were essentially blowing the whistle wanting to get this data known uh in in you know, what we did with it is quite simply we just called senator johnson he and his office were absolutely wonderful they immediately recognized the gravity of the situation and the immediacy with which we needed to get this data known so it didn't disappear and so that the people who had this data weren't at risk uh and so they were already going to be holding a, a little roundtable hearing in the u.s senate building this last monday uh, that was uh, two days ago the, the 24th three days ago now and he invited attorney tom rents and me um who are working together on the situation to that hearing so that we could briefly summarize for the, the people there what the whistleblowers had found. And what we did is we basically asked the congressional leaders by way of Senator Johnson to do the right thing, um, start an investigation, order the Department of Defense to not uh, alter or destroy these records, but make them be preserved so that congressional uh, leaders could, could conduct an inquiry into this mess and see what's really going on and get to the bottom of it. Lee, have these numbers been squashed? Have they been hidden? Um, um, they've been worse than that, it would appear. And I'll give you the data on that. In August, some of these whistleblowers ran a report from this DOD uh, database that they have lawful access to by way of their job, their doctors. And on August 24th of 2021, acute myocarditis cases for the year at that point were numbering 1,239. So through summer last year, we had 1,200 cases of myocarditis. Now, when you pull the numbers, it's magically down to 307. In January of this year, when they ran the myocarditis numbers, just on that, this one month, right, they were at 176. Now it's down to 17. So I only know of one reason. Maybe there's others. I can't think of them. That you could have a database that is designed to track numbers in real time go backward after that time has passed. And uh, that reason does not speak well 
of the people in control of that database, it, it does the opposite. So we are concerned that there's some funny business going on or worse. And, uh, and that's a problem because the Department of Defense is charged, at least in part, with protecting the people who have volunteered to keep this country safe mm. in times of war. And right now, based on what I just told you, it looks like they're doing the exact opposite. And where, 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 where would this be coming from? Why, why the cover-up, in your opinion, Lee? Uh, well, it's a bitter pill to swallow to say that you mandated something that you told the public was safe for them and was going to protect them, and now it's killing and injuring and maiming them. That's not a story that anybody wants to have to tell, whether it's the government or Fauci or anybody else, but that's in fact what's happening. I mean, we've got stillborn rates at Ottawa or Manitoba, I forget, some Canadian hospitals that are, you know, 13, 14 stillborns in a week or a weekend. I mean, normally the amount of stillborns that an OBGYN would see in their entire career would be like three or four. The numbers of, there's 80% miscarriages going on in certain populations right now, according to, to OBGYNs in the first trimester. And if the woman gets beyond the first trimester, what we're seeing is hellaciously increased rates of congenital deformities. It's it's just appalling what's going on. In my humble experience, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but I used to be an environmental lawyer and I worked for big law firms, meaning we represented the, the companies, the Fortune 500 companies that were in charge of polluting this planet. And they are no saints, let me tell you. And right now, this looks like the worst of thalidomide meets DDT meets DES meets every other mistake the U.S. government ever made in launching something on its citizens and saying it was safe when it wasn't. Times 10. Um, uh, this is, this is alarmingly, uh, what is the, uh, what's the next step in, in this process for you? And well, the, next, the next step in the process, as I mentioned, Senator Johnson is, is really doing God's work here and, and a heavy lift. Um, he is one of the, the good guys in the U S Congress and he, uh, issued a letter the same day we were in DC two days, three days ago now and basically ordered DOD to maintain this evidence so that uh, they could do a congressional inquiry into it if they so chose. I know he's actively looking to make sure that our whistleblowers are given an opportunity to, uh, under oath, put all of this data. There's so much data. I mean, I could be on here for an hour going disease by disease from birth defects to male infertility to breast cancer to esophageal cancer. I mean, we could be here for days. Um, but you get the flavor, and what he wants to do is provide these doctors, high-up doctors, high-ranking doctors in the U.S. military, the opportunity to get their first-hand data and get this on the record because that's the proper way to do it. And then once that's on the record, um, push can come to shove on, on what we need to do to start pulling back these mandates. But, you know, there's there's already chinks in the armor. We're seeing it in Europe. We saw the former FDA director, Scott Gottlieb, who's now at Pfizer, even come out two days ago when I was in D.C. and say, well, we need to start pulling back some of these mandates because basically if we just leave them in place 24-7 forever, the people start to think we're crying, crying wolf. <laughs> Yeah, you're crying wolf and worse, but but that's you know that's a sign that there's starting to be a bit of a sea change, um, and there should be because uh, this was a disease that was no more fatal than the flu, and we used it as a pretext to gut our civil liberties and, and eviscerate our U.S. Constitution and do massive harm not just to our U.S. service members but to, to civilians and now children. You know, in my state, they're talking about giving 12-year-olds enough the right to consent to COVID vaccines this legislative season, and I'm like, are you for real? These children cannot even vote for another six years or drink for another nine years, but you're going to let them inject themselves with an experimental medical protocol that's not even FDA approved and killed every single ferret in the animal trial, and their parents aren't even going to know that they did it, so they can't even assess them for side effects afterward? I, I mean, this is just the stuff of some dystopian.
be in sci-fi novels. So, yeah, we, we have work to do, but there's some Senate and uh, other congressional leaders who are looking to, to help us do that work, and God bless them for it. And and who 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 do you feel is 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 on is on that team with you, Lee? Who else do you can you mention that's uh, that's going to be jumping on board here with you? I, I don't want to mention any names. Senator Johnson's been kind enough to to go on record, so I you know everything in, in due time. But he's got other friends. There are definite. I can tell you this: there are definitely concerns, not just amongst our our U.S. Senate and congressional leaders, but even among state legislatures. I mean, the vaccine working group that Senator Pan, who's a who's a pharmaceutical hack, and, and uh, I could say worse about him. He's probably on the payroll of pharma, if I had to guess. He's a he's a senator here in our state who's primarily responsible for all of the horrific vaccine laws that we had to deal with in California. He's in charge of a little vaccine work group, and they, they literally came out a couple days ago and said they don't have the votes to do an adult mandate in our state. Well, guess what? You know, even the Democrat leaders are starting to realize these things have side effects, and you know they don't they don't want to remove any place that they can. Uh, quietly enjoy their lives. Right? <laughs> Eventually, when you enact these mandates, they come back to bite you and your own and your family in the in the you know what. And I think the heat's getting a little hot for some of these people who've woken up to the to the harms that these vaccines cause. And you know, this is, in my humble opinion, just just the beginning of a wave that we're seeing. Have you heard about that uh, Canadian U.S. convoy, freedom convoy that's going on? Yes, I was recently sent that uh, from uh, someone that works with you, Lee. So I have heard of. This. And I and I and I have been privy to uh, truckers uh, over this past weekend in Canada uh, holding rallies together in, in, in regards to this anti anti mandate that Trudeau's trying to hand down. Yeah, well, Trudeau, I mean, in, in true idiotic fashion, decided in the middle of winter, in the middle of January, he was going to bar any trucker that didn't have, you know, wasn't up to date on his vaccines from coming or going across the border. That was January 15th. Trudeau made that move, and Biden followed suit a week later. So they basically shut down the border on both sides to unvaccinated cross-traffic. It's going to bite Canada in the butt more than us, because, of course, we send more goods into Canada, especially in the middle of their deep, dark winter, than they send to us. Um, but, but the truckers have had enough. I mean, Canada is a very peaceable, quiet, not super riled up. They're kind of the opposite of me, you know? <laughs> kind of quiet population where they're like, yeah, she'll be right. Just give it some time. It'll work itself out. They're pissed. I mean, man, I didn't know that you take that kind of a population and once you get them properly pissed, they uh, they get they get all kinds of pissed off. So they these truckers said, fine, you're going to run us out of a job. You're going to make us starve out our, our brothers and sisters in the middle of winter by not letting us go across the border to bring goods back into Canada. We'll take these big rigs that are sitting idle, and we'll take them to Ottawa, and we'll run a blockade on your parliament and your house. Ah, so uh, literally overnight, I mean, I, we just started rallying our, our truckers here to support the truckers there. Um, but these guys started doing convoys. I mean, it was rubber ducky on steroids. They've got convoys coming from the East Coast and Quebec, the West Coast, on British Columbia side, my side, the North, the South. They've got nine different convoys now. The last I heard this morning, one of them was 150 kilometers long. That's wow. miles long. Just one. Another one's 63 miles long. They've got, they estimated two days ago, 50,000 trucks and a half million or more people descending on Ottawa this weekend. They're all culminating in the same place, same time, in Ottawa. They're arriving in Ottawa Saturday, January 29th, this Saturday, two days from now. And uh, and it's just going to be a, something to behold, let me tell you. Meanwhile, 
Canada, in its wisdom, is shutting off traffic cameras to, to prevent the, the visuals from getting out. They're spinning it on mainstream media by saying, oh, the poor truckers are protesting bad road conditions. I'm like, oh. yeah, that makes sense that they're protesting bad, bad <laughs> weather and road conditions in negative 30 weather with their big rigs. That makes a total sense. They've taken a half million dollars that people raised in GoFundMe and they're, they're holding it hostage. And yesterday, the Royal Canadian Police, the Mounties, blocked the Manitoba convoy, prevented them from getting food, food and fuel. The Hutterites, which are the like, native Amish population, ended up feeding them on the outskirts, notwithstanding the power play that the government made. And this morning, what I heard is they have recalibrated to deal with this whole governmental interference thing, and they have added tinker trucks. Yeah, and Trudeau's not, you know, he's a mental midget, really. They, I think he's forgotten that the way the fuel gets to the people is also through these oh, trucking lines. Oh, <laughs> right? So they've now added tinker trucks and mechanics trucks to their rolling convoy, so they're dependent on no one and nobody. And uh, the, the convoys are now uh, uh, demonstrably larger than the Canadian military. Oh, excellent. Now that's, <laughs> that yeah. sounds nice. That sounds good. Yeah. So let me tell you something. You don't want to play a game of chicken with the guys who have the big toys. <laughs> they have more toys than you have tanks. And right now, it looks like there's going to be a little showdown at the OK Corral again around noon on Saturday. And for our part, the listeners here in, in, in the United States, we are now mounting our own show of, of support and strength for Canada. We've got 62,000 truckers going wow. everywhere from Georgia to California, sending 19,000 just from my state. And they are convening at Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, Holton, Maine, Sweetgrass, Montana, noon on Saturday, East Coast time, and Peace Bridge, New York, as of this morning. They're going to sit there on those major border crossings and reach across the border with their megaphones and their food and their, their hibachi grills and uh, and stand for freedom. And Boom. they're going to be met on the Canadian side by people doing the same. It's going to be... It's going to be 60s hippies meets Martin Luther King meets, you know, the, the revolutionary heroes of the 1700s. <laughs> Lee, this is, uh, this is great. Look, there's... Uh... Uh, uh, Chris Sky is a contact of mine uh, up in Canada. He's a, one of the, the great uh, freedom fighters up there. If you ever need introduction, let me know if you don't know him. Um, and as we wind down, I've got to make room. Uh, I think as uh, your assistant let uh, let you know, I've got to make room for Dr. Mary Bowden out of Houston. Um, but uh, but l- let me just close with this. So we get some final thoughts from you, Lee. Um, what is the what is, are, are you are, are you are you going to be in a position here? You've got. You got some real nasty info coming out of the U.S. Armed Forces. Are you are you going to be able to go after Fauci with some of this stuff? That's our intent. Good. You know, the narrative is starting to crumble. You can only kill so many people. You can kill so many grandpas and brothers and kids before people figure out that the shot is the thing that did it. They're not idiots. They get the shot. The person's dead a day, a week, an hour later. And then they're looking at who's pushing the shot, and they come back over and over and over again to Fauci. Uh, Fauci is a problem. Fauci's been a problem for a long damn time. The people who were dying AIDS in the 1980s knew Fauci was a problem, and that was when he was a young guy. It is time for Fauci's days to be over, and we are coming for Fauci, and we're coming hard. We've got the data on our side. We've got a pissed-off populace on our side, and I am telling you, everything from the attorneys to the truckers are pissed as hell. We're not going to take it anymore, and you, the people, are the people who hold the power. We have always had the power. It was a lie for anybody to say anything any day. We have always had the power. We are rising up in mass peacefully, 
peacefully and saying, we're not going to take this anymore. You're going to roll back these mandates. You're going to make this be something people can sign up for, but that they don't have to unless they lose their job. And uh, that's the way it should be in a free society. And by golly, we are a free society. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, rock solid kick butt. Attorney Lee Dundas. Lee, thank you very much. And until next time, I'm looking very forward to it. Likewise, and your, uh, your people can find me at freedomfighternation.org, freedomfighternation.org for more information on everything we talked about. Thanks so much for having me today. Uh, Lee, Lee is a uh, stalwart there, folks. Uh, if that doesn't uh, add fuel to uh, your fire, um, I'm not, I'm not sure you, you, you have a fire burning, so you might want to consider igniting uh, ign- igniting a flame there, folks. Uh, pretty sure that did it for you, though. Uh, Dr. Mary Bowden, she runs Breathe MD, uh, Houston, Texas. It's a, it's a sleep and wellness institute. My understanding, uh, she has uh, Mary Tally Bowden. Uh, she's, uh, educated at Stanford and uh, a number of other schools as well. Incredibly well-educated woman is, and Lee is incredibly well-educated as well, by the way. I think, uh, I've known Lee, met her in Washington, DC over a year ago. And I think uh, she had began, uh, USC at Southern California. I think she began as a, as a, uh, like an early or mid, nah, mid, 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 mid teens, somewhere around uh, 16 years old after have to reconfirm with Lee when we speak to her again, but uh, but that's a very smart cookie you got there uh, with Lee Dundas. Uh, we've got another one coming our way here with uh, Doctor Bowden, and um, and let's let's hear uh, let's hear what uh, what's going on with Doctor Bowden down there in, in Houston. You you are listening to Ian Trottier, and this is Discussions of Truth, folks. IanTrottier.com. DiscussionsofTruth.com. And um, stay tuned for some fireworks from the Lee Dundas area. This is the number I was given a phone Marion on. Uh, and uh, give it a ring. Please leave your message. Try back in a moment. Um, but look, I've, I've, been, I've been on this road, folks. I've been on this road since 2016. Started the program Miami Beach because of uh, a, a pesticide being sprayed against, lo and behold, another another virus known as the Zika virus. And uh, uh, look, it was um, it wasn't too long into my research that I found a connection to the Rockefeller Foundation, led primarily by the sources in research of a former Stanford Hoover fellow, Anthony Sutton, who I recommend you familiarizing yourself with his work. And you can find his publications on my website, iantrache.com. Uh, there's no, no charge. Just they're all PDF, available, free. Just read them. Let's give Mary another, uh, another, another try here. Yeah, typically with guests, I will reconfirm. Um, prior that day prior 24th and 24 hours um it is possible as uh as 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 the first guest um prior to lee because i had um initially dr meryl nass that's n-a-s-s scheduled she she wrote today and said 
well, I've come down with COVID and I can't make the show. So we'll bring Dr. Nass on another time. She's MIT educated. Uh, she is a um, Maine-based doctor. Please leave your message for seven. Uh, she's a Maine-based doctor, folks, that has been suspended by the Maine uh, Medical Board for prescribing ivermectin. Um, and that is the same as Dr. Bowden. She uh, ended up resigning from uh, her, her, her position um, due, to, due to basically being censored as to how she should and would um, prescribe medication upon her training and what she felt was safe for uh for her uh give mary another call and i'm sure if this is the same number or not i've got a couple different numbers here in the thread please press one for breathe md uh, press two for breathe sleep and wellness okay we're not going to do that okay um give it a few more minutes uh, dr bowden let me shoot her an email sometimes uh, that does help Let me just reconfirm this. You might be standing by and just not getting uh, getting the message. I do have her confirmed for this time slot. But like I was saying, uh, folks, like I was saying, the, um, the initial guest of today, Dr. Nass, um, I got a message from her today that she had come down with COVID. End quote. Um, but this is wow. This is just real amazing to hear the work that 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 Americans, these uh, incredible fighters, continue to do, and the work that we are. I, uh, so let me pull back and, and let me let me explain to you what I see happening on a global scale. And again, I began this research in 2016 because of the Zika virus. I was living in Miami Beach at the time. And, uh, and, and, and the banking corruption that I found led to Anthony Sutton. And what Sutton did for me was explained that the Federal Reserve Central Bank in the United States is a monopoly, basically. It's a stranglehold on the financial system in, in the United States, in the country. It, 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 it strangles the American financial system at its throat, manipulates it. It's a private bank that controls public interest, the country's interest. It might be seem far-fetched, but when you take into consideration all of the facts in Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution that gives Congress the ability to coin money that was taken away in 1913, which were Wilson with the passing of the Federal Reserve Act, we've got a major banking cartel out of Europe that is doing the same thing. And all you have to do is go to the world debt meter, uh, the global debt meter, and, and, and it shows all national debt. That includes Ch the Chinese, the United States, Russia, England, and so forth. All of the central banks globally feed into the Bank of International Settlements in Switzerland, Basel, Switzerland. So then you have to go back historically and see who is controlling this institution out of Switzerland, who would have the network, who would have the sophistication, 
to implement something on such a global, large scale? Well, there are certain things that are out of our control. The things that are in our control as Americans are our ability to defend our Constitution, our ability to defend our Bill of Rights, to stand up for our inalienable rights, and furthermore, our governing rights. We are the government, and let us never fail to remind any sitting politician that they work for us. So those are the things that are within our control. What is also within our control is to allow something into our bodies and into our bloodstreams with our permission. If it is against our permission, that is a blatant violation of, in my view, an inalienable right. Um, and so, from there we move forward as things that we can control. What we can control, for instance, are things happening perhaps at the Bank of International Settlements in Basel. Okay, what we can control are things happening perhaps at the Vatican inside Rome. Okay, these are things that we cannot control. But we can control how we associate with these institutions. And if you're Anthony Sabatini or Mark Fincham, who's running for Anthony Sabatini, both running for federal, uh, actually Sabatini running for federal seat and uh, Fincham uh, running for attorney general in Arizona, both of these gentlemen have said to me that the Federal Reserve needs to be destroyed, abolished. So these are things that we can control. Okay? We can control our politicians. We can control our politics. We can control who we associate with on a global scale. And everything that come, has come our way in five years of researching this, in five years of hosting, uh, hosting educated minds, uh, be it from Paul Craig Roberts to Charlotte Eiserbit uh, to Cynthia McKinney, uh, I've got a great list of folks that I've spoken to within the five years. And everything that leads to me is there is a banking cartel based out of Switzerland that is controlling this United Nations movement, which is a result well-planned, well-planned in advance. Like, uh, for instance, put yourself, uh, take yourself, for instance, as a queen or a king, and you control... You control a large military over a large landmass known as your kingdom. Well, uh, you have likely a 100-year plan. It would not be far-fetched to consider this because the Rockefeller Foundation has a 100-year plan of how they want to dominate global health care. You can find this on publicly. It's not using, not using the word dominate, but uh, they have this information published on the website. If you are in power of a large military, you do not want... You or your 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 family, your subsequent heirs to relinquish any relinquish any of that power. So you would certainly plan ahead to be able to defend and attack and conquer your enemies. Now here is what's very interesting: is if you throw in a religious component to this, that lands you at something called a holy war, which prior to the existence of the United States existed by means of any conquistador that sailed from mainly Portugal and Spain to the New World, and that is known as North America and South America. These were conquests in the name of religion, 
the name of Catholicism. So what is the entity that's been around for 2,000 years that would have the sophistication, would have the network to implement a global push and takeover? To do it in a stealth manner, you would start by controlling a country's economy. And that is exactly what happened in 1913. And the United States has been controlled economically since that day. And on many levels prior to that. And I'm telling you that through my research, that is exactly what is happening now. So let me feed this to you. Protocol number 10 of the learned elders of Zion, which I claim are not Jews, as many people suspect, they are Jesuits, calls for an inoculation of the masses. That is written right there in protocol number 10, published in Russia initially, I believe it was, in 1903. Inoculation is a vaccination, folks. Well, not technically, but hyperbolically, I suppose. It is an injection. And if it's against your rights, it's a complete violation of your inalienable rights. We'll try Dr. Bowden again. And look, if she doesn't come on, we'll wait a few more minutes and just simply reschedule her. Dr. Mary Bowden. So that is exactly what I see happening right now on a global scale. And it just so happens, well, I'll get this and get into this in here in a minute. I have said, sent Dr. Bowden an email, a great response to that email. This woman is incredibly busy. So it is not a surprise should she have gotten wrapped up in something else. Which I believe sounds to be the case. Yes. Okay. I believe she has been wrapped up. She's gotten wrapped up in something else. We'll, 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 we'll reschedule Dr. Dr. Bowden, no problem. We will reschedule Dr. Nass. These are medical doctors that need their information and their voices heard. So they will be rescheduled. So likely I'll, I'll make time coming up uh, this weekend on Sunday. Is the other day that I that I do do the programs. It was a pleasure and an honor to, to host Lee. Uh, what a wonderful mind she has and uh, uh, what wonderful action she's taken. Um, so Lee Dundas, let, let me wrap things up for you. And you can find more information in regards to my research at iantrachier.com. Click, uh, click on the tab that says, click on the tab. Uh, let's see. Okay. She's just sent me a text. Okay. So let's see if she's responded. Uh, maybe that she had forgotten the schedule. She's re- responding back via text. If, she, if she'd like to engage, we'll engage Dr. Bowden. If not, we'll reschedule her. Um, and you know what? I can send her. Let's see. I'm just uh, sending uh, Dr. Bowden a text here. She's just responded to me. 
Oh, she can do it. So we'll bring on Dr. Bowden here in a moment. She's available. I'm sure she's incredibly... Um... There she is. Dr. Dr. Bowden, Ian Trottier, welcome to Discussions of Truth. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's nice to have you join the program. Uh, please take a moment and introduce yourself for listeners, Dr. Bowden. Um, I'm Dr. Mary Talley Bowden. I'm a ear, nose, and throat and sleep specialist in Houston, Texas. I, my practice has evolved during the pandemic, so that now I've been, I've been doing a lot of testing and early treatment for COVID patients. Um, in the last six months, I've treated over 2,000 people with COVID, um, kept everybody out of the hospital who received early treatment. Wonderful to hear. Um, now, on, on, the, on, the, on the flip side, uh, you've been, you, I'm going to use the word attacked. You've been attacked uh, by the institution that you've been working with. They have, uh, the, they suspended you, you resigned. Explain a little bit more about what, what, what happened there, what's happening there. Uh, yeah, they, Methodist Hospital got upset because I sent an email to my patients saying that I was only going to, well, I was going to prioritize seeing the unvaccinated and that I'd had one of my patients tell me that her urologist from Methodist Hospital told her she would need to find a new urologist because she was not vaccinated. So, yeah, I said they, they contacted me and said that is not their policy. And I did send out a, another email saying that that was the case, um, but they just went after me after that, and it was basically because I espoused um, ivermectin, and I, you know, said I did not agree with vaccine mandates. Uh, they they saw that on Twitter, and they decided to suspend me. Mm -hmm. You you saw with two thousand patients, you saw that is this correct? You saw that ivermectin was. Uh, was was effective. Oh yes, definitely. I mean, well, I mean, the point is, it's not just ivermectin. There's a slew of medications that can be used, and even if you don't, if they, if patients don't get in early, you can still help them. You know, stay out of the hospital. So um, some of it has been trial and error. You know, you get you get patients in as as an ENT. I don't see patients walking into my office with low, severely low oxygen levels that often until recently. And you know, you're you're just trying to do your best because people are refusing to go to the hospital. But you know, it's it's been successful. And and talk a little bit about what's happening inside. I, I hear some of these horror stories. Uh, once once an individual is intubated, it's basically. Uh, death certificate. What's happening inside uh, the hospitals with some of these some of these patients? Is it in just what's happening? Describe what you're seeing, what you saw. Right. Well, in, you know, I'm outpatient, so I don't have the firsthand. I'm not witnessing all this firsthand, but I do know that they're underdosing these patients with steroids. So they're giving them a very very low dose of steroids. Um, that's essentially placebo. You know, it's not enough. They're not giving them, they're obviously, they're not giving them ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. They're not even giving them vitamins for the most part. Mm. Um, these patients will be put on BiPAP, 
and not fed while they're, you know, because the moment you take them off BiPAP, they desat, their oxygen level goes down. So they're not getting fed and, and they're not getting nutrition. Um, the, I think, I think what's interesting from this is that what we're learning, what I've learned at least is that patients' oxygen levels can go down pretty low before they need uh, to be intubated. Whereas, you know, when I was in training, you would, I think they're probably intubating people a lot more aggressively than they need to, but that's just sort of the, the way that we were trained. I don't know that there, that there's a evil <laughs> intention there. I think it's just the way we're trained. Because, I mean, I, I'm not used to seeing patients with such low oxygen levels don't mm -hmm. look that bad and are surviving despite not being, you know, on massive amounts of oxygen. And, but we're learning that, that you can, the patients don't need as much assistance as we thought they did. Now you're, you're well-educated. You've got degrees from a number of institutions that includes Stanford. Um, you've, you've done years of training. Um, you've found uh, your prescriptions to be effective in these people. Why is it that this institution uh, has come down so hard? Well, Methodist uh, basically has branded itself as the leaders of the vaccine movement. I mean, they were the first hospital in the country to mandate its employees to get the vaccine, and that was in the spring. And one of the nurses who stood up against them, and she got fired, actually works for me now, Jennifer Bridges. Um, so, but they've been sort of, yeah, they want to be seen as the, leading the charge against, the, uh, against COVID with the vaccine. So I, they used me to set an example. I mean, it's a little ridiculous. I, I never stepped foot in that hospital. I only had the privileges as a backup if I had a patient that was really sick or if I had a patient that I operated on and had some sort of complication and needed to be admitted. But it wasn't something that I never relied on Methodist Hospital. I was never on their payroll. Um, we were actually doing research together. I was sharing my data with uh, a few doctors in the ENT department there. So I, I think they're just using me as an example. Mm -hmm. Why? Why would they? Why would they do this? Are, are they? Are they? Are they profitizing from their agreements with the pharmaceutical companies and with the the, the manufacturer of the vaccine companies? Um, why would they not be well, open to it? Yeah, you know, I, I'm hoping to find out. I sued them, um, trying to get their financial data. So, you know, I can speculate, but I don't have any mm -hmm. answers on that yet. Yeah. Um, we, I just, I, we just finished with uh, Lee Dundas, and she's a Southern California-based uh, lawyer that uh, was recently on Capitol Hill. Um, she's, uh, she's been doing some great work, and uh, Dr. Peter McCall is a past guest of mine as well. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's great to know th the work that people as yourself are doing to stand up for the rights uh, yeah, these are these are violations of uh, of our of our healthcare system. Did you ever see Did you ever see this uh, type of situation happening in uh, in America? Did you ever see this coming your way? Oh, absolutely not. No, I mean, I, I just I, I'm not completely surprised because you know these big academic academic institutions 
it's just uh, the culture is very um, consistent with what's going on now. Very rigid, hierarchical. You know, this is my way to highway. Not a lot of individuality, freedom of thought. So, you know, in some ways, I'm not entirely surprised, but the extent to which it has occurred is very surprising. The fact that as a solo physician, minding my own business, not hurting anybody, helping people, doing my best to, you know, I could have just shut my doors during the pandemic and called it a day and collected money from the government, but instead, I mean, I've been open seven days a week since the pandemic began. I'm trying to help, and I'm getting vilified. Um, that is shocking to me. Yeah, has this, has this, uh, uh, is this lit a fire within you? Uh, has, it, has it made you, the, the, the way that you've been treated, has it made you uh, want to uh, want to attack back? Uh, talk about I that. Mean, they messed with the wrong woman. <laughs> I'm very, yes. I, I'm, I, yeah. It's, it, it, igniting a fire is, is actually the way Because I was, you know, I'm, I'm pretty low-key, laid-back, but this has definitely charged my engines. What's, uh, what's next? You've got, you've got the, you've got the, the lawsuit, uh, going, uh, you've now got, uh, this former employee working for you F Methodist uh, now working for you. Um, what's, what's next, uh, in this, in this battle against, uh, against healthcare in, in, in Houston? Yeah. I mean, Getting this financial data will be wonderful if we can get it. That's, you know, that's the next step is to just try to get our hands on some data. Um, yeah, I, I may go after them for defamation, but I can only handle so much at one time. So that's, that's, that may be down the road. Um, and then, you know, just trying to take care of these patients and spread the word about yeah. what happened on Monday with Senator Ron Johnson. And um, hopefully just, I, I, yeah, I feel like I, I talk to so many people who say they're not getting the booster. So that gives me hope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good. Um, and uh, are, are you seeing from, from the way that, from the way that this uh, Methodist treated you, are, are you, are you seeing other, uh, uh, are you seeing, are you seeing, uh, 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 other, other people, peers of yours that, that, that have, uh, are willing to now speak out? Uh, are you strengthening, are you strengthening people around you at all in that way? I have doctors reaching out to me quietly, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot of growth in doctors that really want to share, you okay. know, join me in the spotlight, which I don't blame them. I mean, I think Methodists. Yeah, there was a reason. It was a very effective. You know, if you if you question the narrative, that you, you're going to be publicly shamed. So, I mean, but I do have doctors reaching out to me, wanting to do what I'm doing, but just do it quietly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, and what do you what do you tell listeners that? Uh... What do you tell listeners that may be listening to this that uh, that don't want to get the vaccine that 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 maybe have gotten the the, the quote unquote vaccine and, and and don't want the booster or are considering getting the booster? Um, what's your what's your general uh, feel on 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 this? We're now two years into this pandemic, I mean, COVID nineteen, whatever that is. So what's your general feel? What do you have? What, what can you tell listeners? The vaccine, the vaccine, this current vaccine or shot does not help with Omicron. There's there's no reason to take an unnecessary risk when it's not even protecting you against 
this variant. So, I mean, that is, you know, we can argue all day about how dangerous it is, but that we know that it is not protecting against this variant. So if you have concerns, you know, don't take an unnecessary risk. And there is no reason to, to subject children to this unnecessary risk because children have essentially, I mean, just so minimal. The other thing that everybody needs to keep in mind is early treatment works. If you get COVID, yes, well, I have not lost anybody that's gotten early treatment. I've lost one patient of all the people I've seen, and that's somebody that came to me two weeks into their disease with oxygen saturations in the 70s. But the people that get their, you know, get, get on top of it are, are fine. Uh, so... I just, yeah, I, I don't see any reason. I know I know there's financial things to consider, but I, I do feel like the tide is starting to turn and just hold out as long as you can. Yeah, fantastic. I'm not going to be silenced is the quote, ladies and gentlemen, from, from Dr. Bowden, who we have on the line at the moment. I'm not going to be silenced, intimidated, or bullied by anyone who wants to target physicians that question the narrative. Uh and it sounds it sounds like you're going full steam ahead to to take these take these people down, um, and 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 let me mention this, uh, uh, Doctor Bowden, um, uh, Ivory Hecker, who is uh, basically uh, censored from Fox News Houston, is somebody that I've been connected to over the past year, and so there's a lot of good a lot of good fight fighting uh, coming out of a lot of good fighters coming out of Houston. Um, thank you for your time for joining the program and. Um, I'd like you to just basically leave listeners with uh, with some closing comments and closing thoughts. Yeah, I encourage everybody to watch the the uh, video from Monday. The meeting with Senator Ron Johnson is. I, I've talked to a few people who are sort of uninformed, maybe not you know, not maybe not on the opposite end of the spectrum, but maybe not very informed, and that was. I mean, like change, change their whole perception of what's going on. So if you haven't watched it, please share it with people. We, we need to get this information out. It's a very thorough, uh, thorough, uh, survey of the whole COVID situation and is eye opening. So that's my most important message is everybody watch the, the video footage from Senator Ron Johnson's meeting on Monday. Mary, thank you very much for joining Discuss Your Truth. I look forward to keeping in touch with you. Thank you so much for having me. That's Dr. Mary Talley Bowden, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to connect her to a couple of different people that I feel uh, may uh, may help. Um, you know, she said she said the tide is turning. Um, it clearly she didn't recognize the number and she hadn't note, noted down, um, the time slot that, uh, that, uh, commi- been committed an email and that's, that's totally fine. There's, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts going on in this country uh, right now. Um, we, we are literally folks, uh, fighting for, uh, our constitution, um, and, um, and, 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 and that's being attacked. That's being attacked not only from a healthcare, uh, a pandemic, plandemic. It's, you know, I, I don't, it doesn't matter how how how, how you want to refer to it. Um, I, I frankly think it is completely engineered. Um, uh, it's this is this is not um, 
this is not something that uh, I, I I believe. I believe my my personal research is that the these these inoculations the 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 the, the coating that's going into the anatomy of people that receive this. Um, I think that's setting the stage for something, uh, something else. And I think I, I full heartedly feel that this is completely entwined with exactly what I was just started talking about uh, in regards to um, the financial system. I, I've done much research. I, I, I recommend, uh, I recommend you listening to Catherine Austin Fitz. She's a former Reagan advisor, uh, economic advisor. She's a graduate of Wharton and, uh, and she talks about Klaus Schwab and the great reset uh, out of, uh, out of, out of, uh, out of Switzerland. Again, this, uh, the, the, the implications here are a complete violation of your sovereignty as a human being, a, a complete encroachment of your health and violation of your civil, civil rights. So that's, that's one angle that the constitution is being attacked. The other angle, of course, is from a social outrage right it's kind of a social you know, a social socially cultural um uh uh, 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 uh battle right you, you you weakening the weakening of our our police departments the weakening of in the in the name of um in the name of skin color and ethnicity differences which uh which is a complete digression of the work that we gracefully inherited from men like uh, Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X, uh, Rosa Parks. Um, yet I think it's in a disguise being re-entered and being used against Americans to divide. Because again, if you if you look at it from a battlefield, if you look at it from a strategic place on a battlefield, if you are unable to take on the American military. Which uh, certainly to this day, the American military, as it stands currently, uh, is the most massive military on the planet. It's just that's the fact of it. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just the fact of it. And and folks, it doesn't help when you buy a product made in China. It does not help. Uh, I do the same thing. I'm just stating the fact. Um, those products should not be made in China. Um, but the United States military, if if you are unable to conquer and face that military head on, then you invade that country and weaken it from within without its people realizing it's happening. And so therefore, is COVID-19 a biological weapon? I say that it is. Absolutely. It, it, it is a, this is a weapon used to destroy the U.S. Constitution, used to destroy American freedoms. That's my perspective, my personal perspective. That's my own personal spe- perspective. Does it make any sense that a, an incredibly well-trained medical doctor, such as Mary, uh, such as Dr. Dr. Aaron Williams, who's been a past guest of mine, uh, uh, just on the phone with him yesterday, um, Dr. Peter McCullough, um, does it make any sense that these people should be attacked because they're prescribing a, an alternative? An alternative medication to what the large mega corporate banking pharmaceuticals want the people to take, i.e. Dr. Fauci, hello? No, it doesn't make any sense. Because if you are sick and you are in need of that help, 
you want, you're putting your faith and your trust into that doctor, into that medically trained doctor to prescribe you what's going to make you better. And here you have a woman in Houston that did that and is now being ostracized and now being attacked and is now having to be forced to go on the defense to defend herself and her Hippocratic oath. She's not alone. We know that. But it sure sounds like, folks, the work that we are doing is making a difference. I'll guarantee you that. I, I, I guarantee you that. And so to understand my perspective, put yourself back in Miami in 2016. As I heard the local debate about the pesticide being used, the virus is called Zika, and it was mosquito-borne. It was a uh, epidemic, if you will, centralized to South California, I think, some cases in San Diego and certainly cases in Miami. But, uh, but immediately when I found the Rockefeller Foundation involved in that, I went to Anthony Sutton, former Stanford Hoover fellow, and how he had been censored in the 70s. You've got to approach these things from a historical standpoint. To understand my perspective, you must. Being censored from Stanford, but they had hired him for his research, and now they're censoring his research. That makes no sense to me. I mean, these things don't make no sense. So what is that? What is that? What is that larger hand at play? Money. Oh, follow the money, folks. Follow the money. 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 And you've hit a brick wall when you get to the Federal Reserve Central Bank, and that's why men like Mark Fencham in Arizona, Anthony Sabatini. In Florida, Ron Paul's for many, 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 many years of Texas. That's why these people, and you know, there's women as well, but I'm mentioning those names because they're recent guests of mine, Anthony and Mark, on the program. That's why these people are calling for an end to the Federal Reserve Bank because it is unconstitutional. It does violate your rights. It is a private bank that is linked to this European cartel, the Bank of International Settlements. This is a fact. Here's another fact. You cannot know. You, you will not be shown who the shareholders of the Federal Reserve Central Bank are. That is private information. Yet they control a public institution. They control your government. So, from my perspective, that's what needs to change. That's my perspective. Follow the money. Anthony Sutton, Stanford. Um, lots going on here. I, I, I've been invited to Miami for an event. I've got... Um, I've got an event in Fort Lauderdale coming up. I got Orlando coming up. Uh, I had to turn down Phil, uh, Pennsylvania last month. Uh, San Diego definitely in March. Uh, but I continue. Look, I continue to do the work that I do for you. If you feel you feel if you feel like you should spread this information, I urge you to do that. Uh, make make contributions any way you can. Uh, this is work that I do for you in the name of the survival of the United States and our freedoms. Keep fighting forward, folks. The work you're doing is working. This has been another discussion of truth. I'm Ian Trottier, iantrottier.com, Twitter, and Instagram. And until next time, folks, be awesome.